So, hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Soundcast with myself, Glyn Price, and the number one biscuit boy, Ollie, as I've been told by your uh, significant other to call you, um, Ollie Warner. Um, how are you doing, Ollie? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good. Good stuff. And we're joined by our youngest guest to date so far, aren't we? Only 17, so the, the innocence of youth compared to me and you, Ollie. But yeah, we're joined by our guest today, Alex Simpson, who um, is joining us for the first time on the podcast. And thanks for joining us, Alex. It was just no sort of always worth giving a bit of background to you as a Shrewsbury Town fan and how it all started. Well, um, I moved to Shrewsbury in 2004 for the first time. I went to um, the Gay Meadow, watched the amazing Shrewsbury Town nil, Grimsby nil. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I can't remember much about that. I, I'm pretty sure I thought Town conceded, but they clearly didn't. <laughs> but I'm um, just, I've got a print off of the line up, the line up now. Uh, Joe Art in goal, Calvin Langmead at the back. But then I moved away back to Germany, came back in 2009, and then properly started having an interest, consistent interest in the town since about 2010. Yeah, that's good. And you, you've got a blog, haven't you? You might want to just plug that at the start of the yeah. episode. You've got a Shrewsbury Town blog. Yeah, Breathe on I'm Salad blog. The website is www.stfcfanblog.blogspot.com. <laughs> Pretty regularly updated, post-match thoughts, pre-match previews, bit of other stuff occasionally I try and get interviews on there as well like I did one with Ian Sharps yeah it's good and I'm trying at the minute I've got one maybe lined up I'm just waiting for the answers back from another former town player Gustav have you have you read a bit of the blog Ollie it's quite yeah, it's quite I, I read it every now and again just to get yeah. a bit more information from some other fans yeah definitely I, definitely, I certainly read the Ian Sharps interview that was really good and um, yeah we um, we often have a bit of um, debate and stuff on Twitter so yeah I often keep an eye on the blog it's, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good place to go if you um, you know, if you want to have a bit of a read about Shrewsbury Town yeah it's I'm looking at his printout of his game he first went to, and I'm looking at it, and Jay Denny was playing. I'm surprised anyone ever bothered coming back seeing Jay Denny play, but there we go. That's, that's a long time ago, 2005, isn't it? So we're going to look to the future, aren't we, Ollie? Because it's another positive uh, result for Shrewsbury Town this week, and we're going to um, dip into the uh, the win against Oldham at the weekend. So I think we're quite keen to get straight into it, aren't we, guys? So yep. let's crack on. Walton, good early ball forward. Hill's going to have to come and get it. Clark's there. Clark makes it two. Good. Well read by Wayne Clark. Okay, so um, after another win at home for, um, for Shrewsbury Town, so it's nice saying that for a change, um, and also a clean sheet. So yeah, Shrewsbury Town won 1-0 um, against Oldham Athletic in the big relegation fight. Similar um, starting lineup with one with one major kind of change, and that was that um, Luke Viola was in goal, Riley at right back, um, Nisala um, and Sadler in central defence. So it was a good partnership. Brown left back, uh, and the game saw Rodman and, and Wally start on the wings for the first time. Delapo will start up front, and also the the guy on loan who we'll talk about a bit later, Roberts on on loan from the Baggies, started in the lineup. And actually, just on Roberts, actually, it's quite interesting. I won't say how, but um, through someone I know. They they know the coach at West Brom very well, and okay. then they actually trained him as he come through the youth system. And they say he's a very talented player, but um, he has got a bit of, um, let's say, arrogance. So be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, so yeah, he says he could, wouldn't say troublemaker, but that's the kind of insight I kind of got. So that's quite interesting. Yeah, you can never judge these players, can you? Until you've seen them on the pitch. I mean, we're only be able to judge his on-pitch attitude, exactly. aren't we? But um, first impressions were good. But we'll get into that in a minute, won't we? So yeah, so interesting team. So kind of like you know, classic four-four-two, two wingers, two out-and-out wingers. For for the first time and that's fair to say um, since Hurst has come in and obviously um, yeah it was good to see and I think also a lot of town fans are quite happy to see Sadler playing central defence because mm. that was good so yeah attendance 5,500 and quite a decent following from Oldham fans um, I thought who, yeah, who were pretty good so yeah I don't know if Glenn if you want to kind of take us into the first half yeah I mean uh, before we get into it I'll just briefly run through the sort of main bits of the first half I mean uh, my, my views of it really before we, we ask Alice what he thought but um 
for me, it felt like a bit of a cup game the start of it. It was quite a high-tempo game, really. Both teams knew it was that sort of important relegation battle game, and they sort of both flew into it. I think, obviously, Town had the, the upper hand for the start of the game, um, and we, we certainly, certainly forced Oldham back in that opening 15 minutes, I thought, um, before they grew back into it. Obviously, you know, the best chance came to Oldham, I think, was, was the sort of first chance of the game where they sort of got in, and I think they put a ball in the box, and there was a bit of carnage, but Wilder came out and saved us, so I thought we kind of got away with it. It would have been a bit harsh, considering our start. And then the main talking point of the first off really was a disallowed goal for old Freddie Lapado, um, which I think we're probably all going to have a view on, aren't we? Um, and then after that, I think it felt like the ref tried to even it up a little bit. We got loads of cheap free kicks, a couple of long shots from Wally and Deegan, um, which to me maybe indicated a new policy of having long shots and, and, and actually shooting on sight rather than trying to keep the ball, maybe. I don't know. We can talk about that. And then, yeah, I thought Rodman particularly stood out in the first half and, and we took it through to half time, 0 0. So I don't know, there's quite a few little things there to pick up on, isn't there? But I think before we go into some, some detail, it's probably worth saying to Alex. That goal that was disallowed. What what did you make of that? Where do you sit for a start in the in the ground? Probably just for some context. Uh, so I'm in block fifteen, so okay. I'm pretty central. And but when I when I saw it went in, I something didn't seem quite right about it. I I originally thought it was a handball when when it was well I thought it was a goal, but then when it was wasn't given, I thought it was a handball because it, it looks a sight odd movement mm. but then to see it was offside it, it must have been an extremely close call because I think and well so on that I was quite impressed by Hurst when he came out post-match I know this is moving forward slightly yeah, right. but he said that um, because he said that he saw it was, he'd seen a replay of it and it was offside and it was actually nice to have someone come out and just state a manager come out and state it as it is yeah before, before you give us your view on it Ollie I mean it was worth just saying about what had happened was it because it was it was some really good work by Wally down on the wing he, he actually committed some players which was something we, we saw a lot of on Saturday ran at the players committed them um, and, and sort of actually got a good cross in and it sort of hit hit Lepado didn't it it looked like it just hit him and went in but at the time I didn't think it was offside Ollie don't know about you and I've looked at the, I looked at the replay today and it, it's also hard to tell it must have been completely marginal as Alex says I mean I, I don't know what you thought at the time were you raging? Yeah I thought it was a fair goal um, so yeah my, my interpretation of what happened at the time was and um, Wally went around the line it was really good um, running and good cross and he for my, what I saw he just kind of hit him really hard hit him on the hip and bounced into the back of the net the yeah. only thing that I could possibly think is that the linesman didn't know who touched the ball so that's what he was asking the yeah. ref so I think that's what Hurst was insinuating as well is that um, the ref the linesman wanted to find out from the ref who touched the ball upon finding out that it was our player he said he was offside so I think that was what was the, um, what was judged at the end in terms of his position at the time he Obviously, I sit in block 16, so it's a bit of an angle, but he did look a little bit ahead. But, um, yeah, frustrating. Anyway, I thought maybe we maybe we deserved a little um, bit of a rub of the green. Yeah, we'd started well, hadn't we? And we would have deserved that goal, in, in all fairness. We'd, we'd done more than Oldham in that opening exchanges, and, and it would have been well worth it. And we, we, it was funny because we got the Freddie dance, didn't we? Um, because it was such a long time between the goal getting delayed that everyone was sort of cheering. So that kind of adds to the frustration of fans, doesn't it, when you think you've been given a goal and then it takes much longer for it to have been disallowed. So there we go. I, th- I think at the time, as you usual town fans were probably thinking oh that's the chance gone and we'll, we'll struggle to get back in this but that wasn't the case was it and and you know what did you two make of the first half in general just run through sort of my highlights but maybe start with you Ollie what, what did you make of the first half I thought it was really encouraging um, I had um, a friend of mine from Starbridge who came with me to the game who's a Wolves fan um, so yeah it was obviously good to for him he was quite pleased he quite thought he was quite a good attacking player and he kept commenting on Rodman um, you know and the running play so he, yeah, he mm. thought it was good football and he was also impressing how um, it, the standard seems to be a bit higher from when Wolves are in the league so that was an interesting comment as well he thought, he thought some of the play was pretty good um, but yeah I thought we played well and I thought that um, 
we forced Oldham to really sit really deep. We obviously know Gerard lacks pace, um, but they really <laughs> did sit really deep. But um, no, it was a very encouraging first half. And um, again, just uh, you know, the odd ball and the odd pass in the final third let us down again. Um, a few really nice passes and moves um, f- from Roberts. Um, and yeah, I think we could have created a few more chances. But yeah, very encouraging first half. And I can't really think of there's like one threat wasn't there from um, yeah from Oldham apart from the big lad up front who was an absolute unit um, I thought yeah I thought we did well to contain them overall there's not much to disagree with there is Alex I mean what did you make of the battle between Ngu I think his name's Ngu up front for Berry yeah. I'll have a go at pronouncing it all even if you won't and Nisala <laughs> it was a great battle wasn't it it was well, sort of defined the match what did you make of that well I saw Lewis Cox to try, describe it on Twitter as the immovable force versus was, the unstoppable object that was it yeah something like that yeah. And, and yeah it did sum it up and I think one of the best parts of the first half was, for me is when they were both I think was, Ngu was running Running down, and now him and, and Salah were just battling for it, and then Insala put in a great tackle to win it. And I know it's something I'm going to come on to later the impact of Insala on the side. Mm. And it's just something like you think earlier on in the season, I think Hurst's confidence in the players has brought about a bit of a change, but earlier on in the season, if that was Ryan McGiven versus him. <laughs> Uh, dredged thinking about really no no it was, it was a great battle wasn't it in general and I think I think for me it kind of showed the game because that Ngu had started off quite well and he was difficult to manage and he won quite a lot of headers and then Asada got on top of him and eventually it, they subbed him off in the second half I know we're jumping ahead but that, that said to me about how impressive yeah he, he disappeared out of the game completely so a lot of credit to, to Asada on that one but um yeah, it was it was all good really, and and the other thing that stood out for me, Ollie, and you briefly mentioned it was two attacking wingers and in a four four two with two strikers. Now, for me, it's just more entertaining watching this brand of football than what we were watching under Mellon with the negative five at the back attacking wing backs that never really attacked. It's it's a whole different vibe watching this team, and I think there's there's a very matching argument to say that the Shrewsbury crowd is starting to respond to the quality and the entertainment that we're getting to see at home, Ollie. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, well, you, there's kind of two things you kind of want from a, a team, isn't it? Especially a Shrewsbury Town fan, you know, we don't expect to go and see. Um, and players like Messi and you know we don't expect to see like skill and you know world beater and kind of goals but you kind of expect two things don't you you want a bit of entertainment because you know that's part of the reason why you go but also you want to see from your team hard work and he's definitely brought those two elements um to this to Shrewsbury and they were very much lacking under Hurst with his constant tinkering and um yeah it was interesting under actually Mellon, under, um, under what did I say then under Hurst did I under Hurst yeah yeah sorry apologies <laughs> um yeah and under Mellon um and it's something also Alex kind of pointed out in the fanzine as well that um you know there's that bit of consistency you know your player comes in the seat side and he knows what's expected of him it's not like oh I played last week I played right um, wing back now I'm playing central defence what's going on um, so no it's, um, it's good to see and yeah good one Ollie. I mean what did you make of um, Rodman Alex I mean he was really impressive again I mean second game at home in front of the home fans that, that attacking intent is, is something that we've been lacking as well isn't it yeah I've seen him twi- play twice now I didn't go to the Swindon game and yeah I've been really really impressed with him he's different, a different style of winger to Sean Wall he hasn't got that acceleration that uh, speed off the mark but he's he seems to glide very easily, and he's he's surprisingly quick. He 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 doesn't seem like he's speeding past people, mm. but he does beat them. And he was always a threat. And also, what was interesting, I don't think it was Hurst's plan, but he was playing on the left hand side, and he was cutting in. And when he cut in, he looked a threat, which I thought was you thought oh, we could curl one in. And I think he did have a few shots that were going cl- were was somewhat close, yeah. and it was just a nice thing to have. You had that directness of Wally on one side, and then you had. Uh, a bit of skill and guile from Rodman on the other. Yeah, I think that's fair, isn't it, Ollie? I, I, I think that it's it's a good thing to have seen that, is what her said, and we picked up it the other week about him not having that, you know, very 
fast pace that you might expect a winger to have sometimes. But he's really agile and he's got great balance and he has got really quick feet as well when you watch the way he plays. And those two things are sometimes enough to get you past someone. You, you see other wingers like that who rely on it who are not, not the quickest but have always been able to rely on that skill. So, yeah, I, I was well impressed with him. Yeah, he seems to be a good decision maker as well. He normally tries to do the yes. right thing. Um, which is something that we've obviously lacked in the final third. Uh, people making the wrong decision or being greedy or just yeah, making a very poor attempt across. So, no, it's good to see both of them. And, yeah, certainly them, um, Worley and Rodman kind of um, yeah, kind of dominated the game in terms of how, how how the game played out. What did you make of older Molly, just out of interest? What did you make of them in general? They were poor, weren't they? They are probably the worst team we've seen all season. Um, they were Worse pretty, than Swindon? Yeah, I'd say so. I think Oof. Swindon, at least they could pass the ball. Um, had a little, <laughs> I'd say Swindon just were just a um, a bunch of hoofball merchant, weren't they? Um, with a bit yeah. of a fat lad at the back, um, <laughs> it wasn't um, it wasn't much to see. And I, yeah, I do feel for them. But I, I think they're gonna. I, I'm sorry, sorry for your um, colleague at work, but I think they're yeah. doomed. Like, I do, God knows what how bad Coventry are. Who obviously a, a point below them, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, Oldham, Oldham are pretty poor, and I'm surprised if their their certainties to go down. Yeah, it's, it, I, I agree with you. I'm quite looking forward to going to work tomorrow, Ollie, as, as I always mention my boss, the Oldham fan. <laughs> so I'm thinking of printing out a big picture of Freddie Lopardo before he gets in and sticking it to his. He's got an office, so I might stick it to his office window just to just to wonder. What. He did actually say to me on Friday, "Please don't let Freddie Lopardo score the winner." And then obviously it happened, so he uh, kind of called it. Unfortunately for him, but um, there you go. I, I had to take the grief of him when they beat us three times in a season the other year. So it swings and roundabouts, isn't it, with colleagues that you work with who support teams you, you play against on a Saturday so there we go I mean was there anything else from the first half you boys want to pick up on before we, we go into the second half no nothing for me no it was yeah nothing it wasn't too many standout opportunities but um, yeah no. it's gone to the second half yeah I mean second half was, was pretty much the same except it sort of started the other way around I think Oldham probably had the better of the open exchanges didn't they I don't know, don't know what you two think about that they they had that sort of um, overhead volley chance that sort of just drifted wide and they, they tended to have a little bit more of the ball and they made a couple of early substitutions in the second half to try and change things around but we, we always managed to keep my arm's length really didn't we there was never anything that, that threatened too much to, to undo the good work we put in the first half and this is obviously before we scored the goal so you know it was I, I didn't think we played too bad even though they got more of the ball again but it- Again, it's something completely different from Hurst under Mellon. If we came out of that that start of the second half, if that was a team playing against the Mellon's Mellon side, I think we would have conceded there. Whereas under Hurst, we just it's not just the confidence thing of winning. He just seems to have instilled far more discipline, and the back four doesn't just one of them suddenly doesn't wander out and mm. get done. Yeah, they get somehow slipped through. You know, El Elab doesn't give the ball away. You know, we just seem to be far more solid, and we seem to. We seem to be working as a unit as well. And I know, I think you mentioned this before, Raleigh, on the pod. Playing 4 4 2, you've got a winger to support your fullback. And it's a big thing. When we played three at the back, we were getting overrun on the wings all the time. Yeah, we were definitely set to ball for crossing, weren't we? Crossing on corners. And um, certainly that's something that Salah's helped us with. It's, un- it's actually unreal how different we look from those, those sort of chances. You know, any crossing to the box, we were always panicking. I was sitting there on Saturday thinking, actually, it- it's gone already, that feeling from me. It- it's-, it's, all- it's already like. We're going to deal with this. It's fine, especially playing against teams like Oldham. Ollie, as you're right, not great. It feels much more confident. I think the biggest example of that is Matt Sadler. I know it's been mentioned on Twitter a lot. When like I last season, but the start of this season as well, I got the boy. Thought, oh God, he's in the box. He's going to give away a penalty. He's going to head it into his own net. You thought it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Whereas now, I think he's the best defender at the club. I know Insala's been good, but in terms of consistency, and he's also seemed to be, having heard his post-match interviews, he's a very, seems a very level-headed, quite intelligent guy. And then on the pitch, he's a leader as well. He talks to the back, you can hear him and you can see him talking to the back four all the time, organising them. You've got 
Joe Ryder, who's I think he's about twenty two. He's not, and he's not too experienced. You got Insala, no. who's again what a sort of youngster. He's new to the back four. Quite raw, yeah. And then you've got Junior Brown, who's not a natural left-back, and you can see he's helping them along, and it's such important, and that's why I've got a big thing about El Ab playing. And I think <laughs> that's one of my issues with him, is he doesn't lead the back four. As a no. senior player, he doesn't lead the back four and help them out. Because you've got to help at every level of football. You have to help younger teammates out, because they might not... Or like a new signing, you've got to help him get into the rhythm of things. Mm. Yeah, we've talked about it before, haven't we, Ollie, about the, the sort of way we think Alab captains and, and the sort of things we think we're missing from him. But, you know, we didn't play in this game, so we can't really be too... Oh, he came on, didn't he, towards the end when everyone sort of was mumbling when he came on. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fair point, Alex. I, I think going on to it, we'll probably just go to the goal, won't we? Because we've talked about Nisala and, and the work he puts in at the back. He's actually going to be a massive... something to, a, a tactic to utilise when we've got attacking corners with the balls in there because it was him that caused the car for Freddie to score quite an easy header really in the end um, and, and I think he's, he's going to help us score more goals going forward as well as defending them. He's definitely a threat isn't he he's got that pace and strength obviously saw in his, his big battle they had in the first half um, and yeah it was, it was good to see and you know we have a corner now and we think you know get those lads up before when we were playing either Sadler or playing Al Habd at the back he didn't really have to fancy our chances <laughs> at, um, at corners. Yeah true enough um, so no that was good to see it was good to see so yeah and t- so, the, so the goal then was um, so who I can't remember who actually took it. Was Riley taking it, or did someone else? Take? I can't remember who took. I was the watching the highlights before, and I wasn't paying attention to who took the corner. It was a good corner. Whoever took it, I think yeah. it was Riley. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, we obviously scored from the corner. Came into to Nasala, um, who then handed it over to to Ladapo, who put it in the back of the net, and obviously a chance to to do his special dance right in front of the Oldham fans as well. And they did not like that. Yeah. I don't know if you were looking at them. They were. They I wasn't. Were, no, I didn't notice that actually. Were they? Were they a little <laughs> bit annoyed? They were very much annoyed. There was a lot of people ran down the front to this, 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 this sort of remonstrate with the, the man for having a little dance. Did you know what I was looking at when we scored that goal as well? Is that because obviously he'd already had one goal disallowed, and in, and in that situation, I know Nasala got up and he headed it well, but he was slightly leaning on the defender. I was like, we're not going to get another goal disallowed here, are we? I was watching the referee run away, but he gave it straight away, and I was like, thank God for that. So we, we uh, yeah. I was panicking that we were going to get it disallowed again. But yeah, two and two for Freddie. I mean, it's worth just talking about his performance, isn't it? I mean, you know, took his goal well. You know, he obviously could have got another one with, with a bit more luck on the offside. But generally, his all-round play probably wasn't as impressive as his first game. But he was good. He was a, he was a, still a level above the Ivan Tonys of this world, and he still gave us the option going forward. And and we'll probably come on to Tyler Roberts in a minute. But actually, having a partner up front with him gave him a sort of different game to play, didn't he? He wasn't playing that lone role that we've seen strikers play so much for Shrewsbury. Having that other man with, up with him, was we were starting to see partnerships and the way that can develop and it was quite encouraging. No, it was. I, I, th- I thought his, one of his main contributors from the game um, on Saturday was his work ethic. Um, I don't know what you think about Alec. Like- uh, yeah, he does work and presses very hard but also, thing, like, he's for a young player, he's very intelligent. That's what I've noticed. He's like He knows when to pull wide and then like run the channels and get men forward like he was doing that when we went to one up top at the end of the game he was doing that very well and he's he's very strong as well you compare him to yeah. Ivan Tony, the man who fell to earth <laughs> he just he just holds himself up and you, you back you now think oh yeah if we're under a bit of pressure and we clear it up top we're going to have chance of reshape and get up the pitch again rather than just Ivan Tony falling over yeah. and then the ball going back into our box 
Yeah, other thing I picked up on Saturday about him is he does come out the box and he does get involved in that play on the edge of the area, particularly when we were playing against packed defences like Oldermolly, when we were sort of trying to find that little killer ball. He wasn't just going to stand in the box and wait for a cross. He'd come out, he got involved, he'd play it out to the wingers, to Riley or whoever's overlapping, and then the first thing he did is he turned and got his head down. He would run as fast as he could to get on penalty spot every time because he knew that we've got ability in the crossing of the, with the wingers and the ability they've got to cross, and he wanted to be there. And we were missing that with some of the strikers we've had, not just with Tony, but even with other ones we've had over the last few years, the ability then that drive to be, want to be the one that gets in that box to get the goal. And if he keeps that up, he'll, he'll score probably 10 goals now between now and the end of the season, maybe more, because just putting yourself in the box, you will eventually get chances that just luckily fall to you, whether we can put one on his head or not. So I think that's a great asset to have as well. No, it is. And I think it's also an important point you kind of make there as well is that what we're having there is we're having a team that are playing football in the final third rather than um, under Mellon where we're trying to cross the ball from the halfway line and it's good to see that yeah we're trying to we're trying to use the wingers we're using the, the big man up front and we're trying to build attacks yeah um, yeah it's um, it's so so different I guess it's worth mentioning obviously we kind of should have mentioned this really in the team that we did have out of our outfield players we did have 60% different players from when Mellon was here so mm. it's not so, but um, obviously, yeah, um, we move on to transfers later on. But um, it obviously makes sense to say that Hurst's signings are working well. Yeah, and he's bedding them straight away. He wants them in there. He wants them building that that understanding straight away. There's no point in holding them back in the situation we're in. We might as well let these guys go with fresh, you know, chances with the fans. It's not the negativity that there was, and and it's all coming along quite swimmingly for Paul Hurst, isn't it? You can't really complain about anything he's doing in the transfer market because all the players he's brought in so far have shown more than enough to think they're going to be worth a. Worth a, worth a go, and and they won't be the last ones coming in. So um, so yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that was the goal, wasn't it? As we've just been talking about, and then we talk about the positivity in the front foot football that we were all enjoying, but uh, it started to be a bit different after that, didn't it? We we sort of brought on El Abd. Which what was your initial reaction to that? Boys about bringing on El Abd there. Mine was, oh, this is going to be very defensive. <laughs> well, for me, yeah, uh, the um, there was it, let's say it wasn't too positive around where I was sat. Uh, there was a lot of people thinking we're going to be a disaster. We're sitting too deep. Uh, but like, and her, but her said in like post match that he thought it was like one of those things that if Mourinho had done it and it like it worked like it did in the yeah. game, it would have been a tactical masterclass. But because he does it, does it a League One, it's seen as being defensive. But you know what? I criticise the lad, but he came on. He did his job. He won his headers. Right. He won his battles, and he didn't mess anything up. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't volley it into his own net. Yeah, so he, he did do well enough, didn't he, Ollie, when he came on? And, and you know, what, you know, what did you make of the? You know, rather than talking about Alab, what did you make of that last section and Shrewsbury's defending? Because they did it well, didn't they? And they, they did what they needed to do and kept Oldham at arm's length, really, didn't they? Yeah, I think, while obviously um, you you kind of don't want to see, you know, you normally get a bit nervous, don't you, when you kind of bring on mm. that extra defender and you kind of see the game out. I thought obviously it worked. Um, it was the right decision because because it was he was vindicated in the in the result and that it worked. Um, yeah. Obviously the the end of the game, um, Oldham were were trying to try and win the game, um, and they were trying their best to try and get forward and put the pressure under us. So I can see why he did it. Um, it did make us a little bit light up front, which meant we couldn't hold the ball up front, and that's one of the successes we had earlier in the game. Um, but it worked, and yeah, we got the three points, and that's obviously the most important thing. I, I think that kind of sums sums up the game, really. There, boys. To be honest with you, it was it was a, it was a good professional win, really, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, I think I'm just looking at our notes. The only two things I could see on here that we've noted down that we were going to talk about was 
Alex has asked the question: Is Joe Riley better than Grimmer at right back? Who who would you rather have at the moment, Ollie? You know, based on not just the form, but you know, you're seeing them in general. You know, what would be your call on that? I would actually agree. I would, well, I'm not sure actually what Alex's view. He's posed the question to me. I would say yeah. that um, I think um, I think that um, Riley deserves his spot. Um, I really do like Grimmer, but to be fair, I think um, since Joe and Riley's come in, nothing's really come down that side. He, he wins his battles, um, and obviously, you know, he's he's. His ability um, with the set ball is also um, an, an asset to the team. So no, at the moment I'd say he's he's playing much. He was, he has been playing better than Grimmer was when he was in that position. So I think Riley. I think Riley's doing a good job. Yeah, I, I can't say more than that. I agree with you. What about you, Alex? You posed the question. What was your thoughts on it? Yeah, my thinking because this season I think Grimmer hasn't really stood out to me. I know at the start of the season he's playing as a centre back in a back three, which is clearly not his role. But when he's even gone to right back, I've just not been. Just something doesn't seem quite right when he's running down the wing, and and when, since Joe Riley's come back in, I've been very impressed by him. He's he wins his battles. He doesn't tend to get beaten for pace. Most importantly, is that he's attacking. He's very good. I think he can cross a ball. So I think personally, he can cross a ball much better than Grimmer can. Yeah. Grimmer just seems to put his foot through it, and it's like one of those where if you get a touch, you're going because there's so much pace on the ball. Whereas Riley can do that, but he can also curl one in. Mm-hmm. He just seems to, you know, seems to be far more comfortable there. And I think what's nice to see is that it's probably right back, probably one of the few positions where we have the most cover. We got Riley, you got Grimmer, and then if you were desperate, you could play a go-go there. Which I mean, or Smith, or Dom Smith. Yes, yeah. it's it's interesting to see what happens with Grimmer. We, we shouldn't really labour the point, but it, you know, there are players leaving at this moment, moment in time. Whether he's even considering Grimmer to be one of them to maybe free up some wages because he might be on a whack from from Fulham, and we're probably paying a bit. Whether he thinks it's worth taking the risk or not, or he, or he leaves Amira's cover, but we'll come to that in the transfers, I guess, and see how the squad's shaping up. So that that was that really, and the the only other thing I'd sort of spotted was um, talking about Patrick Roberts um, and and his debut and and what you guys thought of that. Um, for me, I thought he was skillful and and direct and had a good little first touch and and in the little cameo that we saw of the of the first game, I thought he was reasonable. We we'll have to see how he goes on. But anything else stand out for you, Ollie? Um, yeah, you you kind of hit the nail on the head there. He was he's very um, he's very adapt. He's very skillful. Um, also, he's very he knows what he's going to do. He gets the ball and he takes that decision or that pass very quickly. Um, so that keeps us and obviously one of the things Hurst's been mentioning constantly is you know we want to go forward we want to be direct we want to be decisive um, you know quite a few times he got the ball controlled it second touch onto a second man and then we pushed on so no I think he's a good addition not sure if he'll play every game but um, yeah a good addition to the squad um, pay school full and yeah hopefully he'll get a goal earlier in his tenure here because um, obviously that will also put a bit of pressure on if he doesn't get a goal um, soon yeah. But um, yeah, hopefully he can get a, can nab a goal, and um, yeah, hopefully he can he can be a threat, and he, he's certainly someone you can either you know be a kind of striker that you'd be pleased to, have to come off the bench because he's definitely going to um, threaten um, some either a cumbersome centre one uh, league one centre half or a tiring defenders. So no, I think he's a good addition. Yeah, I think so. I, I also need to learn his name because I just called him Patrick Roberts. He plays for Celtic. He, he plays for Celtic. Celtic yeah. His name's actually. <laughs> I wouldn't mind him at front for town. <laughs> his name's actually Tyler Roberts. So there you go. I was uh, I was wrong again. Um, yeah, but what do you, what about you, Alex? What do you yeah, he looks solid. He, like you said, I think he's probably going to be more of a off the bench. If they're like you said, Ollie, tiring defenses or slow centre back like Gerard, you try and get go right, right, just run at him all the time, try and beat him for pace. But yeah, he certainly looked 
comfortable enough. Uh, but I, I imagine um, Hurst will prefer Dodds in that role because he's far better at linking the midfield to the strikers. Mm. It, depends, it depends where he's going to play 4-4-2 with two out-and-out strikers every week yeah. or the Dodds effect, but gives him an option, doesn't it, Ollie? So they were the only two other things I thought we were going to cover from the game. Um, obviously, it took yeah. us out of the relegation zone, didn't it? And we're now above, I think we're 20th now, aren't we? So we're, we're a place above the relegation zone. It also sucked in a few teams above us. We've been talking about bringing Swindon into the mix, haven't we, Ollie, for a while? But now it looks like Grimsby, at uh, Grimsby, it looks like um, Gillingham and Port Vale are also within touching distance now. So exciting times. And uh, I think everyone left the meadow with smiles on their faces. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the top three now then. So uh, well, we'll start with you then, Ollie. Who, who did you have as your top three? Um, yeah, so I went for Nasala, um, Ladapo and Rodman. Um, it was maybe a little bit harsh on Waller. I was quite critical of Waller in the last pods and kind of just pointing out, you know, he's played over 15 games and only scored one goal. Um, I thought Wally was really good in the first half, but Rodman was consistent in both halves. So yeah, Nasala for being solid, um, Ladapo for his goal and work rate, and Rodman I thought was really good, solid again. Yeah, I've gone for the same three players again like last week, but in a different order to you again. So, um, But I've, I've gone for the same number one, Nasala. I just think because of our massive frustrations on this podcast with our defence over the course of this season, you know, and Alex pointed out before the, the difference he has made, it's just, a, it's just an absolute pleasure watching him play at the moment. So yeah, I gave him number one. Um, I gave Rodman two. I, I just like an attacking winger. I like his attitude and I like the work he's putting in and I, I, I think he's absolute class. Very um, impressive in his post-match interviews as well. I'm sure you guys probably heard it. He's very, very, comes across as very intelligent and very switched on. He seems yeah. to sort of appreciate what the fans want and he's very eloquent as well, which is yeah, nice good. to hear. That's good. And then I gave it to Freddie. I gave him Freddie third for the goal and, and, and the, the work rate he put in and the, and the da- and two dances. So there we go. He, I think he's I think he's already going to be turning into a bit of a cult hero at Shrewsbury because we don't get many entertainers down here. So yeah, what about you, Alex? What were your top three? Uh, well, I'm going to change one on mine because I've realised I missed Rodman off. But <laughs> mine's the same as Glyn and Salah at first position. I thought absolute rock at the back. And I've noted down on here, which I think would be quite an interesting comparison. He reminded me of Grandison in the uh, promotion 14 15 mm, season. Yeah. Because he had that season where he was hit, really wasn't playing up like it was the following season. And he was quick, he was strong, and he just, he just completely sodden. And you thought, it's like one of those things I know, I think you agree. If we had that Grandison consistently. Oh, yeah. He would have been, a, he could play at the championship. There's obviously his problem with his hit, but hopefully, and Salah is. The consistent Granderson <laughs> of strong, quick. And also, he doesn't look the greatest. He doesn't look like a Connor Goldson on the ball, but he certainly looks comfortable with the ball at his feet. You yeah. don't think, oh, God, he's going to pass it straight to their striker here. Yeah, two right. And in, what did you go for two and three? Then? Uh, two, two Rodman. Again, I was very very impressed by him. He works hard, but he also can get us up and down the pitch well. And then Ladipo third as well. Yeah. Scores a goal which is a nice change for a Shrewsbury striker. <laughs> and then the dancers as well, who yeah. can't love the dancing. <laughs> it was a different... I should just say, Ollie, it was a different dance this week. Did you notice? I, I, I've looked at them both in detail as the Salopcast dance expert, which I've now <laughs> defined myself as. It's slightly different... <laughs> type of hip-hop dance so maybe he's going to give us a slightly different longer each time as yeah, well that's what I've noticed so good. if he gets a hat-trick it'll probably be like a minute long, <laughs> minute long jive in the corner he'll be doing the robot breakdancing or something it'll be amazing anyway so that was the top three Um, I think a bit harsh on Agogo again I would just say I thought he was good we not mentioned his name once during it but Agogo was class again wasn't he but there we go yeah, we'll, we'll was, move yeah. on now I mean we, we picked up a few of Paul Hurst comments during the chat about the game didn't we but is there anything else you picked up Ollie you normally go through the comments a bit, bit, bit more detail than me I think the only thing we can probably really say um, which will kind of link us onto the news um, is that he's saying that he wants to get um, uh, he was hinting at a more experienced striker as well but um, yeah nothing else to say you know classic Paul Hurst came out with some good things talking about the team again 
um, talking about the play. Obviously, the some Shropshire Radio and Lewis Cox are trying to get him to talk about individuals. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, he's um, getting his yeah, so pretty much classic um, Hurst. And um, yeah, I think we move on to Salad News. Ian Atkins here has scored four out of the ten goals that he's got. This for 1 1. Yes! With less than five minutes to go, Ian Atkins keeps Shrewsbury's hopes alive. So, sign-up news then. Um, obviously, we've talked about two new players that started at the weekend. Obviously, Tyler Roberts and Bryn Morris. Oh, I didn't actually talk about Bryn Morris, so we might as well talk about him in a minute. But, um, yeah, they were the two ins this week. And, obviously, another one that may be more surprising, probably for both of you. I mean, I thought it was a bit more surprising. to see um, Jim O'Brien be one of the first guys out the door, um, considering we've been talking in recent weeks, Ollie, about him probably having played slightly better in the last few games. So, it's probably worth starting with Jim O'Brien, isn't it? What, what did you make of, of Jim leaving the club? It was a surprise. Um... However, being um, being a bit being quite critical, uh, a bit like Wally, you know, he hadn't had much of an end product. I can't think of many times where he put a cross in or made an assist. Um, and I can't really think of him scoring any goals. <laughs> so while he did work hard, it was very limited um, um, end product in his performances. So while it came a bit of a shock when you when you sit back and think about it, and you also see um, Rodman's performances, um, yeah, it's probably I think it's a good decision. Yeah, what Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. I think he he hadn't got the pace to play on the wing. I think he was, and he's only playing there under Hurst because when Hurst first came in, we didn't really have anyone else who could have played in that position but then and then also it's become clear with the sign of Bryn Morris that Hurst wants proper central midfielders so he wasn't going to get a game in there either so I think it's probably best for both parties that he's gone back up above to Ross County I think yeah probably suits both parties or get more game time there and the thing is it's alone as well so if he does start if he does click say in central midfield then we, we can bring him back mm. Paul, Paul Hurst's interview about it was very interesting I, I listened to it in the week saying that the door you know wasn't close to him like you just said Alex and that he, he needs games and Paul Hurst can't guarantee him the games now but there's nothing to say that a fit motivated Jim O'Brien at the start of next season isn't going to get games for this football club you know we might be missing you know we might not keep a go-go we might not get him to sign a new contract and we might be looking for another central midfielder so uh, you know it might not be the last we see to Jim O'Brien you never know what football's like but um, for me I'd, I'd said this season he was one of my biggest disappointments because he came with a bit of a name and we thought he was going to be one of our standout players this season this never happened for him did it so I wasn't too fast and I think another thing that people have been saying is that obviously there was the, the sort of punch up in Dublin that yeah. has been rumoured to have happened it was well, obviously it was, I think sun. it's been confirmed yeah it was conf- a confirmed incident we're not allowed to say yeah, what incident, it really was yeah. so and it was apparently Jim O'Brien and Seb who were involved and they've gone within a couple of weeks of that happening yeah. so maybe that played its part but yeah I mean we'll have to see how he gets on at, at, at County I think he scored on his debut yesterday yeah they, they scored won. a penalty yeah they won So and he's already taken penalties for them so they must mm. be pretty rubbish so <laughs> there we go so that was the only out this week wasn't it and then we've we've talked about Tyler Roberts coming in from um, the Baggies and obviously Ollie's got a contact there so we'll keep that on the back burner Ollie but um, there was another lad come in Bryn Morris wasn't there um, and he obviously came on at the end of the game and there was a little cameo what did you guys make of him? Yeah I think it's encouraging to to have a to sign a player from Borough um, obviously they, they have a very famous youth system um, and obviously to see a player that's come through English youth system as well um, obviously means he's got pedigree does it mean he's going to have a decent professional career? No it doesn't um, we've seen lots of players um, Obviously, our very own Matt Sadler um, was obviously famed for playing for England, but unfortunately injuries and whatnot took him away from that direction. So 
Um, yeah, Hurst says he's a good player, can play um, some football and probably the kind of player that we need who can maybe fill um, like um, Ryan Woods' um, legacy um, in, the, in the team. So, no, an encouraging signing. Um, sounds encouraging for the player to just kind of you know, give up, not give up, but you know, take the chance and come to Shrewsbury. Um, and yeah, we'll obviously get, obviously we didn't really get the chance to see him. The only thing we really saw was him tech an elbow to the back of the head. Um, that's one thing we didn't mention actually. Oldham were a dirty side, weren't yeah. they? They were constantly ch- um, pulling shirts and stuff. And yeah, he took an elbow to the back of the head and got up um, pretty quickly. So, so no, yeah, we didn't really get the chance to see him, did we? No, I, I agree about Oldham, by the way. And I'd also say they were one of the worst time-wasting teams I've seen for a while as well. They were time-wasting from about the fifth minute, yeah. weren't they? They were, they were, they'd come for the point. And I know we've talked about the game now, but they come for the point. But yeah, I mean, for me and his little cameo, he, he, he had a couple of nice touches, a couple of little runs, and there wasn't really too much to judge him on yet, was there, in all seriousness. And I'm sure we'll see more of him. But for, for me, I, he, he's actually a permanent signing to the end of the season, is he? He's not on loan. We've given him a contract to the end of the year to try right. and prove himself. So that's really good. I like the way that Hurst's done that. He's trying to give someone a chance to sort of take that step and, and on their football career at the next one sort of thing and it's not just a loan where you're sent out to try and get games he's got a lot to prove this lad and he might be the sort of the gem because of that having said that he's going to be looking to get a, a place in the position which is pretty stacked at the moment because you've got Deegan and Ogogo who play pretty well every week and it's just competition for places Deegan's got to be the one worried about his place yeah. really when you think about it so it's quite nice just for us to put some pressure on Deegan and Ogogo because they you know even with Black and some of the other players we've had they've never really been challenge as the starting two all season so yeah if he makes a breakthrough he's obviously going to have to play pretty well what about you Alex? Yeah uh, from his small cameo he did impress me he looked when he was on the ball he looked to have quite good close control and obviously his pedigree but also like, I don't know whether you guys saw his interview before like no. you know when he signed he obviously asked to do an interview and he was said like he, he wanted game time he wanted to prove himself he knew he wasn't get that at Middlesbrough and so it's good it's another one of her signing all of her signings have got something to prove which is a benefit. You you think of the signings we made in the summer. You think some of them are just. You don't want to call them mercenaries because that's a bit harsh. But you know they're <laughs> not. Rich. They don't. Yeah. But you know they don't want to. They don't have a reason for play. Well, I don't know. Well, how it's their job, isn't it? Yeah, really? it's, it's a job, and no, I know it's what you're a saying. Job and Shrewsbury have offered them a contract, and they're going to play. Whereas like Insala, Rodman, um, obviously Bryn Morris, they've obviously gone, well, they've all got a point to prove. They've all got, like, Rodman, he wants to prove that he can play at this level. Hmm. Insala, he wants to prove probably Everton wrong for releasing him. Morris, he obviously wants to show that he should have got game time at Middlesbrough. Yeah. No, it's a it's a good point, Alex. To be fair, and and I think that brings us on to the next point, Ollie, which is that this is not the end of the incoming people to the football club, is it? And Alex has said he wanted to mention something that Paul Hurst said about the bench being weak, didn't didn't he? You wanted to say about that, and what what? I suppose the question is, what what do, what do we think he's still looking for? Well, yeah, I know I can't. The exact quote was something like he wants two or three more in because because he said like he looked at like the Oldham's bench and he's looked at other sides' bench and he's mentioned it quite a few times in his post match interviews and he just he looks at his own he doesn't have the options and he says it's not because of like it's not a criticism of the young players but he doesn't have the experience battle hard and pros mm. in a way or people with points to prove that is needed at this level and I know there's been a couple of rumours like around the last couple of days I think like that Fulham striker yeah, I can't there's... remember his name I think that's pretty much nailed on from yeah, apparently because so. apparently apparently someone saw him coming out like the club's <laughs> official area and everything it was slightly confusing though because he is from Oldham oh, right, okay. but I think I know a friend of mine actually like leaked it because he started following Shrewsbury on Twitter yeah. and I I did some research he only follows four teams on Twitter Fulham his parent club Man United who probably supports because he's made me a bit of a glory hunter <laughs> Oldham his hometown team 
and then Shrewsbury. No, it's 50-50. Could be us or us or them. I also saw there was like a few rumours knocking around today, Ollie, about a goalkeeper from um, Man United as well. And someone for... also said Grant Holt, which I thought was quite <laughs> interesting because he's playing for Burnley and I don't think there's any chance of Grant Holt coming here. But that would be mad if it did. But yeah, what, what have you seen really, Ollie? And, and what, do you, what do you think about the incomings? And is there anyone you've seen being mentioned that you think might be happening? Or just let's let's go into the worlds of speculation, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm going to completely... Um, I'm going to completely... Um... Um, pour water of your speculation because yeah I'd kind of ignore it oh, <laughs> just to wait to see who we sign <laughs> I know I know signing Grant Holt might be interesting um, but I think I'm, but I really like um, Alex uh, made a fantastic point you know all the signings we've made are players that want to work want to work hard got something to prove where you think about the signings in the summer Dodds O'Brien blah 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 you know kind of don't really. Dodds has done really well, but you know, you know, we don't feel like there's not that fight in the team. But um, but no, it's good. But one thing I did want to mention, Glenn, I was just even though I just had my tea, I'm really really peckish, so I'm eating some jaffa cake. So you might have to delete out some rough. Uh, the number one biscuit boy is back again. You know, there we go. But, um, yeah. oh, he's just making me jealous. Um, I think the other thing to mention is Southampton news. Obviously, that's covering transfers. We'll we'll have to see what happens this week. I think. You know, it's been every week we've had a new player in in January, haven't we? So I wouldn't be surprised to see us getting someone in before the Gillingham game. But um, the only thing I was going to mention that I briefly talked about last week, Ollie, was we did sell the fanzine on Saturday. Um, Blue and Amber fanzine issue 29 we're up to now, which is staggering, really. And I was just saying to Alex before we started recording the podcast that the first game he went to was about a week or a few weeks before or after, I can't remember how it fell, when we did the first fanzine, which makes me feel incredibly old. <laughs> To be honest with you, but anyway, so yeah, um, 2005. Jeez, it's a long time ago now. So yeah, but we sold out of fanzines, which was fantastic, and um, I was really pleased with the way the issue came together, and we've had some nice feedback today. And I just wanted to really say, if anyone didn't get a copy, because we sold out with the Blue and Amber fanzine is for sale on eBay now. Um, it's just a pound for a PDF copy. So if anyone's missed it and they want to have a read of it and, and sort of see what was going on, it was good. We had some, we had some, even some lady Shrewsbury Town fans coming up to us saying it was nice to see. Um, someone bringing out uh, the problems with the toilets <laughs> in the football ground. So we had some on-the-spot feedback, which was nice. And I actually had someone pay me £5 for a fanzine just to say, I want to give you guys some money to support the fanzine. I love it when it comes out every year. So it was a very it was a very nice day. It was bloody cold, wasn't it, Alex? Yeah, it was utterly freezing. <laughs> I, uh, the end, I could barely feel my hands. But yeah, it was good, good, good to see them all sell out. I enjoyed writing those. First of melon pieces for yeah. it. Yeah, it was good. It was good to get some some more help as well. And Ollie, you wrote an article this week as well, didn't you? So I think all three of us did a bit for the fanzine as well. So yeah, I just wanted to, to say that really because it's always one of my highlights of my season, getting out and meeting the fans and listening to what they've got to say about the, the football club as well while we do it. So yeah, it, w- it was all good really. So yeah, did you read it, Ollie? Yeah, no, I did. I brought good a man. copy. I managed to get one just before um, they sold out. I guess um, I guess the good thing is you have to buy, make some more next time. Well, yeah. um, and I think there seems definitely an appetite for, for fans for it because um, I was waiting for Callum who was um, told me to get there for 22 and got to the ground at 5-2 when I had a mate with me so that was a bit annoying. Um, uh, and lots of, because I was standing in the, well, probably made the mistake of standing in the area you were selling them. Loads of people were asking me if they had any fanzines so probably about five or six people asking yeah. me. So, nope. Yeah, I think you could have sold a few They were more. all gone. I was trying to keep four or five of them back and they kept kept selling them on the way to the ground as it was going in so yeah, yeah it, we will do some more next time because it, 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 last year we sold them in the middle of that bad run under Mellon and no one was really going to the games and it was really depressing like it was at the earlier in the season and so there wasn't quite as much excitement but yeah I think the, the sort of fan spirit has come back under I, Hurst so, yeah. I think also there's issues to write about <laughs> yeah. not just the positive there's obviously the positivity <laughs> with Hurst but there's certainly off pitch issues that Help fill it, help fill it out a bit, and help fans want to read. We it. won't talk about the yeah. content this week, will we, Ollie? We've been and done that, so uh, no. we'll move on quickly. And I think we'll move on we nice, we'll move nicely on. to uh, go over the last thing in Salad News, which we always cover with our guests, is to just 
to go through you know, quickly through your all-time Shrewsbury Town team, which is full of players that I remember as like playing in the last few years, but obviously it's a bit longer back than that. So yeah, what about your team? Go and read it out. So in goal, I've gone Jason Lutweiler. He's that always impressed me when he plays. I know his kicking's a bit ropey, but he's bailed us out, I'd say, more times than he's cost us. Yeah. At right back, Jermaine Grandison. Yes. This is the... F- Hopefully, this is the 14-15 Jermaine Grandison, <laughs> who's an utter tank and is unbeatable. But rather than the 15-16, hobbles around and tends to get beaten for pace all the oh. time version. That's the one Ollie remembers. Yeah, the one you can't cross. <laughs> <laughs> At centre-back, there's two centre-backs, cap- well, vice-captain and then captain, Connor Goldson and Ian Sharps. Uh, Connor Goldson, utterly superb player such ability to pass the ball and you just thought you know, he's going to play at a higher level Yeah, he's got back in the Brighton team now actually I saw that he, he was playing at yeah, right well, back well he had an injury at the end of last season I think and he's yeah. and they've been obviously high flying in the championship so you can't really expect yeah. him to go straight back in and he, Ian Sharps is a player that lots of people have picked as well for, and you're probably going to say the same reasons of him he was just captain fantastic wasn't he and then left back you've gone for someone a lot of people picked as well who have you gone for left back uh, Joe Jacobson I was considering either him or Nat Knight Percival but I thought Jacobson he was probably more I thought Nat Knight Percival I think you mentioned it maybe last week against Brad, in the Bradford game his pace has gone <laughs> That that's the big thing for me that's the sad thing about me for seeing after his knee injury is that before he was an utter he could have probably played in the championship but since that knee injury I think League One might be his limit just because he doesn't have the pace in his in, in his yeah. legs you saw it like, it's a foot, shame, race, yeah. foot race against Louis Dodds Dodds isn't particularly quick it's not like Sean Worley and he just couldn't get there but so I've gone for Joe Jacobson always consistent scored that great goal against Sheffield United I I, I couldn't get to that game but I remember ringing my brother because my brother had gone (laughs) just after and you could hear all the shouting and screaming in the background because he scored a worldie (laughs) and then you've gone for five in midfield by the look of this you've gone for Woods a go-go Mark Wright Sully Kai Kai and John Taylor. Which of them three stands out the most for you of your midfield? Well, well those five, sorry. Well, Woods, obviously, uh, superb on the ball, switch play, made Oscar, who's gone to China for 60 million. Yeah. Look an absolute mug. I think <laughs> there's no other way about it. But then I think some people might be surprised to put a lone player in Kai Kai there. But he was just such a. We talked about exciting wingers. Pick up the ball, run at them, and he was, was not at all scared of physical. Like getting shoved around by big league one defenders, he scored so many goals mm. for a wi- yeah, for a good. winger at that level. And I know he's starting to get his chances around the Palace team as well. Yeah, no, he was class as well. And up front, your your piece de resistance, which Ollie won't enjoy, was <laughs> James Collins. <laughs> this is the League Two James Collins, my dad, not the Cheltenham issue League. Co- no, uh, James Collins, but the one who, because to be fair to him, and I know he gets a lot of stick, and I personally. He's, if I was a manager of a League 2 side and I thought we're going to go for promotion this year he'd probably be one of the first players you look to sign because he's got a good goal record at that level and to be fair he's probably helped us to two, to the two most recent promotions yeah, hasn't he, he with his goals and yeah. you can't criticise him for that and we've not exactly had that many great strikers over the last no. few years have we he's, he's got a lot of goals and he's, he's you know considering the good things and the bad things he did he obviously left Shubertown in credit I think even you know the off yeah. thing's a different thing isn't it and there we go I know I know Ollie's not a fan of James Collins though but yeah what do you make of that team Ollie? Yeah no it's a good side interesting different setup um, than other sides um, different formations and stuff and yeah I guess in, in Alex's um, I'm going to put Alex um, versus Mike's side yeah. um, which is a little bit unfair <laughs> on Alex because he hasn't got as many games as many players no. to kind of um, to build on but to know it's an interesting 
side and very full of pace and full of attacking intent from midfield. Um, I think Collins will probably waste most of the chances <laughs> they'll create. But, <laughs> we can take him off and put Kai Kai up front in the end, though. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to get. Um, yeah, be interesting if we, if in future guests, I'm sure we'll have we have someone of a different older generation. Yes. And um, yeah, no, it's good to see. But um, no, it's in, it's an interesting um, interesting to see um, the, the team that he's picked. Yeah, there. good stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Alex. And we shall now wrap up South News and we'll move on to the predictions. What a story at Gay Meadow. And the final whistle is blown. What a day for Kevin Ratcliffe getting victory against his old team. So, the prediction section. So, um, Glyn and I went for both went for a 2-0 win. Um, your brother Mike actually went for a 1-0 win and got it bang on. But um, fortunate for us, he's not in the game. Yeah, but you'll still give me <laughs> loads of grief about it, Ollie. Well, actually, I was going to ask you then, is he good at predictions? But I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm so going to say, I'm gonna say this now. No, he, we do that betting league that I've talked about before, Ollie, which I'd like to point out, Ollie, I'm now on a 13-game unbeaten streak on the betting league that I joined. I've picked the winner 13 weeks in a row. My brother on the end has not been brilliant at that. Last season, he was just one of the worst, but then so was I, and this year he's been slightly better. But yeah, for him to get a prediction bang on is pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously next game, um, Gillingham away. Um, not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to go to this one. Um, been there a couple of times and Gillingham is an absolute Nightmare. bleep hole. Yeah. Um, it's a horrible place to go. Um but maybe, maybe I can be tempted. I don't know. But of their last results, um, they actually lost to Oldham um, recently. Wow. Um, they drew with Sheffield and um, they got beaten at home um, by Oxford. So they're they're not doing that well. And if we do beat them, we'll um, go. We'll be able to pull them into this into this relegation fight. Yeah. Um, so it's another massive game again. Um, so they sit on thirty-one points. We've got twenty-eight. Um, obviously, if we win, we'll pull them right in. They do have a game in hand on us. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. So um, I'm rambling on here. So Glyn, what do you think? <laughs> I'll go first this week. Yeah, I, I think um, I think we'll go down there and get a, a decent draw. I think it might even be something quite exciting. So I'm going to go for a two-two draw. Okay, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, and Alex, what do you reckon? I'm going to be a bit optimistic. I'm going to go two-one to Town, which I think it's also quite interesting because if the results go our way, we can go up to 16th in the table. Yeah. Uh, two sides, I think it's Gillingham and MK Dons have games in hand, but still, going from 23rd, I think it was, when Hurst took over, to 16th, even if, albeit tempor- temporarily, that would be amazing. Would be it? such a jump already. Yeah. Oh, he's been he's been and done fantastic, Kirst, hasn't he? Really. And and yeah, it would would be it would be great to bring Gillingham right back into trouble and and really just mix it up. So, yeah, I won't be going next week, Ollie. I know that for a fact because I'm going to watch another different sporting event next week. I'm going to watch the UK Track Cycling Championships in the Velodrome at Manchester. I've got like a three day pass to it, which should be dead interesting because I've always wanted to do new things, Ollie, and new sporting <laughs> experiences. So that's what I'm doing next weekend. I'm going away with my wife for a weekend. So. There will be none of us at uh, cool. Gillingham, so we should just put out as usually a call for anyone that's going who, who fancies doing us some audio or can talk to us on the podcast about it. Um, otherwise, we'll be back with a very short podcast next week, won't we, Ollie? Yeah, we will. Maybe just based on highlights and stuff. But we've done that before. Yeah. We can maybe do a mini episode or talk maybe in general, maybe about Hearst's performances. Maybe go into some of them stats. But um, yeah, so that brought us to a close. So um, two wins on the bounce, another clean sheet. Um, yeah, thanks to Alex for joining us. Um, it's been great to um, have you on, and yeah, it's been great to hear your insights. So that was good to share. 
And um, yeah, I guess we. Um, anything else on you guys to say before we just close up? No, I'd say thanks to Alex again, and uh, we'll, we'll get him back on again later in the season, or maybe next season, depending on how, how the rest of this year goes. And it's always good to have a, a youth view. <laughs> We're down with the kids now, Ollie. This podcast officially down with the kids. Um, so yeah, so it's great to have you on, Alex. And, and yeah, cheers for coming. I've enjoyed being on, yeah. And uh, do you mind if I plug the blog again? Yeah, go on. www.stfcfanblog.blogspot.com. The Breathe on them Salad blog. You should enjoy it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Nice one, Ollie. We shall reconvene and hopefully be talking about a third win in a row for Shrewsbury Town next weekend, Ollie. So, uh, yes, enjoy Fingers your Jaffa cakes, mate, and I shall catch you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs>